Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number two of KMUX is at your service tonight here on a beautiful Tuesday night right here in the heart of Mid-America. 9.06 is your time. That's right. This is at your service. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight, and we're going all the way till 10 o'clock. I got to tell you, folks, if you know me, you've listened to this program, you listen to my auto show many times, you know that I am a huge, huge auto racing fan and I love to talk racing. I got to tell you, I am extremely giddy right now as really one of the greatest NASCAR drivers has been kind enough to join us here on a Tuesday night. And I'm talking about Jeff Bodine. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the program. Hi there, Greg. Hi, everybody listening. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I always love to uh, do radio shows, talk to listen or say things, tell stories and whatever for uh, race fans. I know they enjoy them, and I certainly have raced long enough. I have a lot of stories. Well, let me just kind of fill you folks in out there. Uh, he's the 82 Winston Rookie of the Year, 86 Daytona 500 winner, 87 IROC champion, named one of NASCAR's top 50 greatest drivers, uh, 565 starts, 37 poles, 18 wins. Uh, last driver, I, I love this stat, last driver to win a race and lap the entire field. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty pretty cool, pretty amazing. It was a pretty boring race. <laughs> none of none of my friends, uh, fellow comp competitors, liked it. They thought I was showing off. I really wasn't showing off. Uh, it just happened. It just happened. We had a great car, and uh, the way the cautions came out, uh, I just ended up a lap, a lap ahead of everyone. Now, I'd, I'd almost did that one other time with, when I was driving to Bud Moore. Uh, motorcraft 15 car i lapped everyone and except mark martin and i was right behind him at the finish line so uh that was a track i loved uh won several races there when i actually won a modified race there also and uh you know shut it down but there's rumors uh dale jr got involved and and some other folks they're gonna clean that place up and fix it up and start racing some races there again I don't know if they'll ever race a cup race there again. They need to because uh, what you saw a week ago in California, people love short track racing. Oh, absolutely. Even, even really short track racing like they had out there in California. But 
Wilkesville is a really a, a driver's racetrack. Uh, it's a shame they're not racing there now. And, you know, the road system to the track is not, they said, not enough lanes for all the people that show up and the grandstands need repair. But maybe one day they'll be back there racing uh, cup cars. Well, I got to tell you, we're pretty excited here in St. Louis where uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway is. Uh, Got their inaugural uh, uh, NASCAR race, or I should say, you know, we've always had a, we've had the truck race here, we've had the Xfinity series here. Now we're finally getting the big boys here, and uh, I got to tell you, we are we are so excited about that. Yeah, I, you know, I've been there. It's a great track. Uh, I think I even raced there. Yeah, the That's, truck. I was gonna say, I think you raced a yeah. truck there. Yeah, and uh, no, it's it's a great place to go. Great racetrack venue. Uh, great area. And, you know, tons of race fans, so the place would be full. It would be a packed, packed house, and they're going to see a great race there. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, obviously, uh, one thing unique about Worldwide Technology Raceway, every corner is different, so talk about a driver's track. You really got to be up on the wheel on this one. Yeah, definitely. Well, you got to be up on a wheel at every racetrack. There's no easy racetracks. Uh, <laughs> they're all all pretty hard. The drivers might make it look easy sometimes, but uh, it's pretty tough. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, one of uh, you've just had such a fabulous career in NASCAR and obviously the rivalry with Dale, Dale Earnhardt. Uh, you've had uh, obviously massive wrecks, everything else. What do you what do you think is your 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 standout moment in your uh, I guess your NASCAR Cup career? <laughs> you know, that's really hard to say. I mean, every <laughs> race you win is is special. I mean. Uh, the team, the drivers, they don't get get excited just for show. I mean, it, it's hard to win a, sure. a NASCAR race. So when you do, you're pretty darn excited. Everyone is. And, uh, you know, but actually my greatest moment in racing was uh, in 2000, racing the, the first time they raced the Craftsman Truck Series there. And I was driving uh, the number 15 truck. And the, if you remember, there was some – some guy went flying through the air, then the fence, catch the fence, ripped the front end off, the top off, was hit again by another vehicle, and ended up on a racetrack in a ball of fire, and everyone saw that person was dead. Of course, that was me. Right. And so uh, a lot of people call and say, oh, that was a terrible wreck. I said, no, that was a great wreck. I survived. <laughs> it was spectacular. <laughs> it was very spectacular, but you know, the Lord saved me that day. Uh, you know, none of the the NASCAR roll cage was ripped off the top and the whole front of the truck was gone engine and everything. And so I'm very blessed to be alive and, uh, thank the Lord a, a lot that for saving me. And maybe one day I'll figure out why he did that. But, uh, that was spectacular. Actually during the wreck, I was knocked out. I saw my father came to me and, and I looked at him and said, dad, I'm coming to see you. And he said, no, it's not time. You have more to do. And that's yeah, pretty special. Uh, and the Lord's led me to do a lot of great things in this world and in my life. So I'm very, very fortunate, very blessed. Yeah, I think, uh, what didn't the fuel tank rupture on that truck as well at the same time? No, the fuel tank didn't rupture. The fuel cell didn't rupture. The fuel line came off because the engine flew oh. out of the truck and down the track. And uh, so there was fire. And actually, I ended up laying in some fire. I uh, had my, my right wrist burn a little bit but uh thank god the fire guy came out there and put the fire out and of course i was knocked out and laying there and everyone thought i was gone but uh i fooled everybody but god gave me a miracle <laughs> and you know if you believe in god enough and really believe in him and 
and pray and all that stuff. He will give you a miracle. And I'm not, I can't guarantee that for everyone, but he certainly gave me a miracle that day by uh, saving me and let me live. I have a bad back, <laughs> like a lot of older NASCAR race drivers have. And uh, I had a, some heart stuff done here two months ago. And uh, But other than that, I'm in pretty good shape for a 73-year-old guy. Well, yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's a, a really a testament, especially that wreck. I remember seeing the wreck, you know, getting out of that, and and I I can't agree more about praying every day and and uh, you know just just trying to live your life the right way. Well, you, you know, I said I, had a, I you said I had a great career and I did a great life really, and started right. I started racing when I was five years old, little micro midgets they call it. But you know, the Lord gave me two parents that were. Uh, that uh, we're farm people, but my father built a racetrack with his father, and so uh, I've been going to races since I was a year old. And then my father built me this little racer, and you know I, I've had the right parents, I had the right opportunities. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to be a farmer all my life, but he gave me some talent how to build race cars and and drive them, and you know just led me down my career to the right people, the right opportunities. I'm just a vessel that he used. I don't know why he chose me to be a race driver and give me the talent to do things, and but he did, and I'm very thankful for that. And uh, hasn't been easy, <laughs> but you know that's that's good. I'm glad it hasn't been easy because that makes you a better person when things are tough and you survive them, and you know you put your faith in God, and that uh, that makes you uh, realize that it's not all you. There's more to life than you know, if you win a race, okay, that's that's good. But there's other factors involved, and uh, so I'm just blessed. Uh, you know, that's all I can say. And I give all the credit to my success, my career, to the Lord because He He made me who I am. Yeah, that's that's some great words, Jeff. I got to do a little business here. Can you hang with me some more, please? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just laying in bed. All right, laid over here on the East Coast. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Folks, we are visiting with uh, Jeff Bodine, one of the NASCAR's 50th greatest drivers, and he's been kind enough to stay up late with us here on KMOX is at your service. All more stuff to talk about with Jeff. Stick around. More to come. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, everybody. 920 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. KMOX at your service. Greg Damon hanging out with you all the way till 10 o'clock. Not only that, racing royalty Jeff Bodine uh, joining us here on the program uh, all the way. Uh, Jeff, are you in Charlotte? Where Where are you at? <laughs> no, you know, I, I lived in Charlotte for a long while when I was racing full-time in, in Cup, but no, uh, my wife and I live in Malabar, Florida. So we're oh, nice. Sunny, sunny, warm Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, so uh, we've been watching the Olympics today, and it's cold over there in China. Uh, Americans are doing pretty well, actually, and our girls in the bobsled program. We're not involved in bobsledding anymore, unfortunately, but uh, the girls did really well. They won gold medals in seconds and thirds. The the guys are having a little trouble in the two person. Uh, hopefully, they'll do better when they get into four person, but. Uh, Plus, we watched uh, practice today at Daytona. I don't know if you had time to do that. It's pretty interesting with the new cars down there. It's, that should be a great race. Well, I wanted to. Uh, I kind of want to get in a little bit about what you thought about uh, the NASCAR of when you drove compared to the NASCAR of where uh, you know where it's at today. I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of the stage racing, but uh, uh, you know, I think you should come, bring what you got, and let's get it on the track and go. <laughs> Well, you know, we we did that for a long while. And, uh, no, racing back in the, uh, I mean, you can go way back, but starting in the 80s and early 90s, it was the best time, you know, with uh, the, uh, you you could tell what the cars looked like. They had real chrome bumpers (laughs) most of the time. And you could tell a Ford Chevy back when they had Pontiac Oldsmobiles. And, I mean, it was, it was really cool. And, uh, but the racing was good. They had bias by tires, and you could slide the cars around more. And, you know, when they changed all that stuff, it started going downhill. When they went to restrictive plates, we all hate them. <laughs> they still do. Right. The drivers still do. Uh, you know, we understand that Daytona Talladega without restrictive plates, the speeds would be way, way too fast. Uh, you know, cars get sideways even today with all the 
safety devices, and they still can fly through the air. So that we don't need that. You know, I flew through the air when in the in the uh, 2000 rocket Daytona with the truck, but fortunately the cables kept me from going into grandstand and killing race fans. I think 10, 11 people got hurt from the debris, but uh, the cables are not very race car friendly. It just ripped the front of mine off at my feet and ripped the top of the roll cage off. And I'm very blessed it didn't rip me in half. But uh, so things have changed a lot. Uh, most people, especially the older race fans, will say racing was much better back in those days, and I have to agree with them. Uh, the cars are today are cookie cutter cars and everyone's running at basically today everyone's running the same car same chassis they have to build buy them from nascar and right put them together by spec so uh it's really hard to get an advantage uh by a team we used to be able to do things and try to find an advantage so we could run faster but they don't do that today so yeah racing i think was better back a few years but you know, it's pretty darn good now it's competitive uh the new cars are really uh different and uh, i think you know I, I was quite excited about the race in california around the football field around the coliseum football yeah. stadium i mean it was a heck of a show and uh you know of course we pulled for jory Legano. he and his father and mother really helped us when we were doing the bobsled program let us use their shop and stuff. So they're they're good people, really good people, and so we're happy that he won the race. But uh, it was a good race. It was better than I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. Yeah, you know that was that was one of the things that uh, I really loved about uh, the truck series. To me, it it it's still kind of like old time racing. You know, there's still a lot of beating and banging and going on like that. That's the kind of racing I like. Uh, obviously. Not as much today. I think it, I think a lot of the racing is vanilla today. As you said, the cars are just about all the same. It's almost like an IndyCar race where, you know, they only have so many manufacturers and you got to buy a certain chassis and, you know, there's the, you yeah. know, you, you can't do anything to the engines. You can't do anything like that. So you might as well just have an IROC race as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, that's kind of what Ray Abraham has that series. It's more like IROC, which is great. I thought it was a, very interesting series last year. Uh, actually, my youngest son, Barry, worked with Ray on that series. Uh, and uh, this is quite a uh, unique situation he's in now. He, it, he's Barry Bodine working for Richard Childress. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> his father, like you said earlier, uh, went up and battled Dale Earnhardt, for, who drove for Richard Childress for years and years. So, now there's a Bodine working there, so that's quite a <laughs> unique thing. Comes full circle. <laughs> so I was going to ask you about that. You know, it, it, that was another thing, too, that I think, you know, uh, back when you were racing, I mean, you know, there was, you know, everybody had their driver, and that's who you showed up to support that driver, and there was a bunch of rivalries going on. Today it doesn't yeah. seem like there's much going on between other drivers anymore. You know, maybe maybe Harvick and and Kyle Busch, but other than that, I mean, you know, it gets it gets. <laughs> yeah, no, th- yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it, it's different. The racing there, and you know, part of the problem is there's so much money involved, and another part of the problem is the sponsors don't do this. Don't be nice, guys. We want you to be nice. Represent our product, nice. <laughs> well, back in the day, nice meant run into people, <laughs> get on TV. You know, now. Uh, uh, it's it's a lot different. Plus, NASCAR 
for a long while let us, you know, be rubbing was racing. And then they slowed everybody down. Well, that didn't work. So then they said, okay, guys, go crazy again. Well, they went crazy. And that didn't work. So now it's kind of right in between not doing anything and being crazy. And, you know, it's good racing, but the cars are expensive. And, uh, you know, not being out there, you just don't understand how difficult it is. You know, in any sport, anything people do, professional people do, athletes do it, they make it look so darn easy. But you get out there and, and try some of this stuff, and you realize, man, this is really, really hard. And driving a race car is really difficult. And these guys are driving their butts off every week. And, uh, yeah, they might not be doing what you think they should be doing, but they're doing all they can because it's tough driving race cars. Well, yeah, because people don't see it, uh, you know, you don't see it really on TV, but that car's not staying in the same line the entire time. It's moving back and forth, up and down, and you got the draft from other cars <laughs> next to you, in and out. So, I mean, it's, you know, you're you're fighting that all the time. Well, and the key is uh, to, you have to go right to the limit of the grip of the tires and the chassis to the asphalt and or dirt if you're on dirt. And that's where... Uh, you know, setup comes into play, but that's where the, the good drivers can separate themselves. They get they get closer to that uh, that breakaway point of friction with the tires and asphalt, and then the other guy, and he goes a little faster. But it's so close today. I mean, the cars are good, and the drivers are really good, so it's very close. And you know, it's just not like it was in the old days. But uh, what is? No, exactly. I'm not like I used to be in the old days. <laughs> I used to be young. <laughs> my Ex- back didn't hurt. My legs didn't hurt. <laughs> so, you know, racing, racing beats people up. Football beats those four football players. When they get older, they're just in rough shape. And basketball, any athlete is because sure. they just use their body to the maximum, and it just eventually wears out. Nope, you're exactly right. Kenny Wallace is a, a good friend to uh, me and also here to the show a lot. One of the questions I posed to him, and I'm going to ask you this, you're an old-school guy. Uh, to me, I think drivers, uh, when you were racing, uh, really helped out their team a lot more than some of the drivers today because it seems like drivers today, they don't really work on the car, don't know the inner workings of the car to where back when you were racing, not only were you racing, but you're helping with the car as well. Yeah, you know, God gave me talent to build cars, and uh, I learned a long time ago if I build a better race car, it's easier for me to win. And I had to win. I had a family, and, you know, short track racing didn't pay a lot of money, so you had to win. And if I got in a wreck, I'd had to fix the car, so I learned how to race and not wreck and win. <laughs> so, you know, I'm very fortunate for that. But, uh, it, you know, racing – Everything's changed. There's nothing the same today as it was five years ago, ten years ago. You know, back when I won Daytona, we didn't have cell phones. I couldn't call my boss or car owner, Rick Henrik, and tell him I'd won. He was at a church conference. I mean, that's that's <laughs> a big change in our lives, is these cell phones. And uh, so that's, you know, some things have changed in racing just like everything else. And some people like it, some don't. Uh, it's uh, the younger people. Uh, they liked that race out in the Coliseum. I mean, you see all the young people in the grandstand. That was awesome with the entertainment. And some people say, oh, that was not racing. Well, guess what, folks? Racing is changing. To get the younger people to come to racetracks, you got to give them a show more than just a race show. 
So I hope, and I thought it was, I enjoyed it at the halftime. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, I, a lot of real, the old race fans don't like it. I, I thought it was great. You know, I think, uh, I think they should have more races like that. I like the race on dirt they do. Uh, the combination of, uh, uh, of road courses. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the cookie cutter tracks. Uh, you know, the tracks are the same to where the first 50 laps, everybody's racing. The middle, everybody's in train. I call it train racing, standing, you know, with everybody else until the last 25 laps when they start making moves again. To me, that's kind of boring racing. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt Sr., myself, uh, you know, Mark Martin. We all back in those days said, told these guys, don't build mile-and-a-half tracks. Come on. Build mile, build half-mile, build three-quarter mile. Don't build them. But they built those big tracks. And back in those days, race fans, and the economy was good. Race fans were spending the money to go races. They kept building more grandstands. They filled them up. But guess what happened? The bottom fell out. They tore those grandstands down, and now, even like Charlotte, what a great venue, a town. I mean, it's race country. They had to build a road course in there to get people to show up at the racetrack again. Right. So, yeah, they they didn't listen to races. We told them not to build the big tracks, but they all did. And Now I think a lot of them wish they hadn't. That's right. Hey, Jeff, I got to do some more business. Hang with me a few more, please. Okay. All right. Fantastic. We are visiting with Jeff Bodine, one of NASCAR's 50 greatest racers. Uh, He's been kind enough to uh, stay up with us here on KMOX. Is that your service? Got to do a little business. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. 9.37 is your time. You're listening to KMOX's At Your Service. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair. Our producer, Matt, kicking out the jams for us tonight and uh, having all all sorts of fun, going all the way till 10 o'clock tonight. Not only that, racing royalty, Jeff Bodine hanging out with us as well. And uh, just can't thank Jeff enough for uh, hanging out with us, staying up late and talking about uh, his great career. And we got some other stuff we're going to get into as well. Jeff, again, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. Hey, Greg, did I hear that commercial, one commercial that said poop fix? You you heard that correctly. What the heck is poop fix? <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, my, oh, boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> you talk about racing changing. <laughs> yep, absolutely. A lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff like that is uh, changing. Uh, Jeff, I want to talk a little <laughs> about uh, not only were you one of the, uh, the best NASCAR drivers around, uh, but you were one of the greatest innovators in NASCAR as well, I know uh, you were the one that really kind of brought power steering into the fold. You know, Greg, I'm I'm really proud of some of the, the things I brought to uh, NASCAR. Again, you know, the Lord led me to do these things. I don't know why, but I I, I brought the full face helmet to NASCAR, and uh, you know now everyone uses those things. And uh, when I brought it in. <laughs> Late Dale Earnhardt, he said, "You, you, I get claustrophobia, and he wouldn't use one. I get claustrophobia in that thing." I said, "No, you get used to it." Well, it's no wonder you keep backing into me. You can't see. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I always backed into him," but you know we know better than that. Right. And then the the power steering, yeah, I I used power steering way back in the modified days, and uh, when I came to NASCAR, uh, late models, I put it on, and, and you know. Eventually, everyone did and after I beat him. And then when I went to 
Winston Cup back then. It used to be called Winston Cup. Took it to, to that team, and uh, the late Dale Earnhardt, he said, uh, hey, Wimp, every week, hey, Wimp, you got that power steering on? I said, yeah, I do too. You, you'll have it one day. I will not. Just do some more push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Just do some more push-ups. I said, listen to me, you're going to have it on there one day. Of course he did. And, you know, in the beginning, they thought it was just because I was a little guy. But there's a big advantage to power steering. You can set your front end to handle better, to grip the track better. But if you do it that way, it's hard to steer. So with power steering, you can just set your your uh, car up better to go faster and and still steer it. So that's what power steering is about. And uh, brought the modern-day seat into NASCAR back when I got involved, they were using the seat out of a bus, and they just put a little side on it, and it was cushioned, so I guess it was comfortable, but it wasn't very safe. And uh, so I brought the seat that wrapped around your your body, and then eventually the seat that uh, wrapped around your shoulders. And, of course, Marini LaJoy started building them and selling them, and he's a great seat maker. He does a great job with all that, and... Uh, so seats, helmets, power steering, and there's some other innovations, and then there's a whole lot of things that NASCAR outlawed. Well, kind of like the, the rear suspension they're using in the new cars, independent rear suspension. I had that back in the 70s, and, of course, they outlawed it. Right. So I had a long time before they came up with it and <laughs> a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm proud of that stuff and uh, all those innovations because they're going to be around in, in racing for a long, long time, and, uh, way way longer after than when I, I'm gone, it's, they're still going to be out there going around in circles. Yes. So Dick Trickle, did you have to get him a special helmet though, with the with the hole drilled in the front so he could smoke while he was driving? <laughs> you know, Dick Trickle was a a great friend of ours, and he's a great race driver. Oh my gosh, he won more short track races than uh, anyone I know. I won over 600 races in my career, but he probably won a thousand. I think he did, but. Uh, what a great guy! Just a shame what happened uh, uh, to Dick. He was uh, he was a good friend to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I got a chance to interview him one time. Uh, just a, it was a lot of fun. Just had a uh, had a great time with him for sure. Uh, yeah, he had a cigarette lighter in his car and a, a cup holder for his <laughs> coffee. He had to drink coffee and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> just, that's just crazy. Just crazy to think about that today. But I guess those guys today have cell phones in there, so you never, you know, you never know. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so uh, talking about your great innovations, uh, I want to talk a little about the uh, the uh, uh, the bobsleds, the Bodine bobsleds. Uh, I, you know, I, tell us. Tell. I think this is such a great story, and, and with the Winter Olympics, you've been on with me a couple of times before talking about this. I just think it's such a great story. Just just tell the folks how this all started out. Yeah, yeah, well, first I want to mention, you know, my brother Todd announces on Fox for the truck races, but he's going to run six truck races this year. Oh, nice. Fox is, Fox is letting him do that, and after he has six more starts in, in NASCAR, he's going to have a total of 800. So uh, they've been nice enough to let him start six races, and and when he's out on the track, well, even when he's on the track, he's still going to be announcing, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And the, the bobsleds... Uh, I was sitting in a living room with my family and and uh the announcer of the Olympics it was uh ninety yeah, nineteen ninety two, he made the statement our 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 kids weren't doing very well and he made a statement that 
they weren't using American-made equipment. And I said, what? Americans competing in the Olympics, worldwide competition, aren't using American-made equipment? I said, that's unacceptable. And I uh, went to Lake Placid with a friend and went for a ride in the bobsled and learned about it. And sure enough, they weren't. They had to buy the equipment from the Europeans, and the athletes actually had to buy them. Oh, wow. Themselves. I mean, which is crazy. And when I found out all that and, and, and looked at it, the Bob said they were junk. They, were get, they weren't getting the best stuff. Of course not. I said, well, guys, I'm, I'm going to build you guys some bobsets. Of course, at that time, they thought I'd go back to North Carolina where it's nice and warm, race NASCAR, and just forget all about them. But, you know, in this life, you got to, when you say something, you're supposed to do it. And I said it, and I said, well, I'm going to do it. And I ended up hiring, uh, I didn't have time to do it because I was racing. But I hired some friends of mine in Connecticut, Chassis Dynamics. Uh, we raced together, built race cars together. I knew they could do this for me. And uh, we started designing, and, you know, we didn't copy any bobsets. The, the Bodine bobsets were a completely new design. Actually, the way we build them was from all our experience in racing, and we changed the way bobsets are built around the world. So that's a pretty neat deal. And... Uh, so that's how it all started. I just found out that our kids weren't using American-made bobsleds. And, of course, back then it was just the guys competing. And it took us a few years to really figure out how to make them go fast. But uh, the Salt Lake Games, uh, our girls, the first time the girls ran, uh, competed in bobsledding, uh, they won a gold medal, which is pretty, pretty darn good. Right. And our, right. Guys, our guys came in second and third. But uh, they ended up, through the years, won more medals, uh, more world championships than ever before. Uh, our, our best driver, Steve Holcomb, he won more medals. He's won more medals than any other American athlete ever will. I mean, he was just the best, and unfortunately, he's passed away. And uh, before he did that, he won the gold medal in Vancouver in the four-man race, which an American hadn't won that race in over 68 years. So, uh, what? 62. So anyway, uh, real proud of that project. Unfortunately, well, I I can't say that. Uh, back in 2010, I believe it was BMW came in with a lot of money and uh, they took over the program. They built new bobsleds. We offered to help them. We offered to help them, but they said, no, we can do it. And they built some beautiful bobsleds, but they don't perform very well. And uh, they've had trouble with them since they built them. And and now actually BMW is not involved anymore. So now our, our bobsled teams are kind of back to where they started when we got involved. And it's really, you know, makes me sick to my stomach because sure. of all the hard work and all the money that uh, we put into that project. We never sold bobsleds. They used them free. There's we had a lot of great sponsors like Wheeling Engineering and uh, actually the Indianapolis Motor Speedway contributed a lot of money one, uh, one year when we were all broke. <laughs> they came up with a whole bunch of money. So, I mean, it's it's just a shame where it's at. I told my wife actually tonight after watching the, the bobsleds run, I said, and some friends of mine, uh, if I had the money, I'd get back involved in it. <laughs> because yeah, I, 
I yeah. definitely think you should. I mean, it, that it, it would be nice to have another racer back in there and do that. Jeff, I got to take some uh, take my last break here. Hang with me one more segment, please. Okay. All right, fantastic. Folks, we're visiting with Jeff Bodine, one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. Not only that, bobsled builder, the Olympics going on, and learning some great stuff about bobsled. Stick around. One more segment to come. Welcome back, everyone. 9.52 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. Last segment here on KMOX is at your service, and we are visiting with one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers, Jeff Bodine, with us. Thanks again, Jeff, for uh, hanging out with us here on KMOX is at your service tonight. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, i, I got a couple more things that I need to mention. You know, I'm writing a book, and it's been in the process. I've been working on it about three years. A friend of mine, Eric, uh, or Dominic Aragon is one of the writers, and uh, the title, the name of the book, or the title is going to be Daytona 500 winner Jeff Bodine, champion Jeff Bodine, tells the rest of the story. I used to love the old Paul Harvey tell <laughs> the rest right. of the story. You know, I'm not naming names. I'm not going to throw anyone. To, uh, and part of it's going to be about my career, of course, a little bit. Then uh, tell about all the the, uh, I don't want to call it cheating. Well, it was cheating. That race teams have done through the years. Like I said, no names. Great area. Tell what they've done. Well, just, you'll be able to figure out some of the names probably, but, and talk about NASCAR a little bit, what they've done. And, uh, and then the last chapter will be about my faith and how that's influenced my career and, and my life. So excited about that. And it's hard to write a book because, we keep doing things. <laughs> you know, you right. keep adding chapters, and you know you hate to end the book because you keep accomplishing things. So, uh, but we're going to write it. It'll be out here in another year or so, probably. Well, you'll have to come back and uh, join us when uh, when you get ready for that, because I'd love to uh, talk to you some more. All sorts of great questions as as we're talking. More and more questions. I got I only got about a minute left here uh, on the program, but uh, Jeff, I just can't thank you enough for uh, just really. Uh, coming on and hanging out with us, and really just kind of telling about uh, about your career and the bobsleds is just a fascinating story, um, and just and really just just being such a genuine guy, it's just been a lot of fun. Well, like I said earlier, I, I enjoy telling stories to race fans because, uh, and that's what this book will be about: tell the rest of the story that race fans don't know about. And I'm not out to hurt anybody; just inform the fans what's been going on and make it more interesting. Oh, absolutely! I can't agree. I I can't agree more. I think uh, the more fans that uh, that keeps coming and watching NASCAR, going to NASCAR races, really find out how great of a sport it is. And uh, you know, it it's so much fun when you when you're able to go there. Sure, definitely. And they tell us it's going to be great. The new cars, uh, the teams are testing what well today. So uh, I'm excited for the race. Of course, truck racing and. Uh, my brother Todd won't be in a race in Daytona, but he's going to race six races. And you can go on uh, TeamOnion.com and see his schedule. Uh, but the, the Xfinity race—they're all going to be good races here in Daytona. They always are. So uh, get ready for a great weekend of racing. I'll tell you a real quick funny story about your brother Brett. I've been kind of, uh, been blessed enough to uh, ride in a pace car with him a couple times at uh, Texas Motor Speedway. And I opened my show up. I had him uh, narrate going around, going around the track, 
and uh, had the microphone in front of him. And if you remember in that turn three at Texas, got that dip in there, and I hit him in the head with the microphone. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have him crash the car and <laughs> and everything else. But uh, it was kind of kind of funny. I only got about uh, well, thirty. You're brave. I won't even ride with him. He's he, he scared the heck out of me when I ride with him. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, Jeff, thanks thanks so much again, and uh, we'll get you on real soon. I want to know more about that book. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. You you bet. Talk to you later. All right. Fantastic, folks. That's Brett or Jeff Bodine, and uh, I got to tell you what uh, what a great uh, what a great guy, great faith, and uh, great stories that he has about his NASCAR career. Not only that, but uh, helping out the U.S. Olympic team uh, with the bobsleds. More and more stuff on that. Uh, hopefully, we get some NASCAR guys uh, back involved with the bobsleds and and really kind of turn that around with all the testing and everything else. I think we can do it. Uh, that's for sure. Hey, thanks for listening. Be nice to each other out there, my friends. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.